Okay, good morning, everybody. Today, Vezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Beis in Maseches Megillah. We're wishing a happy belated birthday to Rabbi Garonowitz. And a happy Rosh Chodesh to everyone. And a happy first snow. And a happy new parak, the third parak of Megillah, which we started yesterday. And so we have a lot of new things that we are commemorating today. Uh, the third parak, by the way, we start reading with, talk, talking about the halachas of laning. I want to read to you something fascinating from the uh, Yerushalmi in Megillah. It says, Zichrolo Yasuf is a pasuk in Megillah's Esther. It says as follows. This is in Perik Bey's Safalachadala. It says, the whole reason Masachas Megillah, the very Masachat that we are learning, was written, was to be Mekayim this pasuk. Why? The Chazal made Masachas Megillah in order that it should have its own to be Mekayim, Zichorlo Yasuf. So we should remember it. And even though Purim doesn't have so many dinim, and really you could have just stuck it in Seder Moed the way we do the Hilchas Chanukah, right in, in the middle of Masachas Shabbos, as you might recall. Still, right? Still, Ach Lamanch Yosef in Yonali Starish Belev Yisrael, Velo Yasuf Zichra. In order to embed the lessons of Purim and Megillah in our hearts and to perpetuate the memory, Kavula Masachas Miyuchedes Al Shma. That is why we established a special Masachta uh, in her name. And so may we be zoche to embed all the lessons of Megillah, Masechus Megillah, and the Megillah Sester in our hearts. Now we begin on Chafalaf and Bez, four lines up from the bottom, at the two dots, with an unbelievable, what we used to call a Dafyomi coincidence. But I attend Stewie Shabbos's Shabbos Shear, and I noticed that he calls Dafyomi coincidences Lubliner moments. Did you know that? Yeah, Chachmas Lublin. I think it's because he's saying that 14 cycles ago, when Mayor Shapiro started the Daf Yomi in Lublin, it was already then destined that we would learn this Daf today. What am I referring to? Well, we're talking about one of the extra halachas that they sort of stuffed into Masechus Megillah in order to pad it up, to make a full Masechus out of it, is the halachas of Kriyas Torah. And the Kriyas Torah with which we begin talking about today is the Kriyas Torah of Rosh Chodesh. And so we begin. The question becomes, how do you break up the Kriyat of Rosh Chodesh? As follows, says the Gemara. Well, the Mishnah said, Chodesh Karn Arba, that you have four aliyahs. So, Ula Barav Meirava, Rosh Chodesh, Kesav Karna. So, how are you supposed to read the Parshas Rosh Chodesh? What's the problem? Problem is, look at the Parshia. You look at it today during laning and you'll see. It is composed of three paragraphs, the Parsha of Rosh Chodesh. The first paragraph has eight psukim. Second paragraph has two psukim. And the third paragraph has five psukim. How are you supposed to break it up at the four aliyahs, Garanowitz? Let's see. Says the Gemara. It starts quoting it. It says, Okay. That first paragraph that starts with Tzavet Israel starts with eight psukim. What are we supposed to do? All right, so let's see. Let's take the first paragraph, like we said. It's eight and two and five. So maybe we should split it as follows. Three psukim in the first paragraph, which has eight psukim. Let's do three psukim and then three psukim. And so now you're up to the third aliyah, but pasha l'hutre, right? Because you've done three and three. Now you've done six psukim and you have two psukim left in that paragraph. That you can't do. Why? As we will see, here is the basic ground rules. Every aliyah has to have at least three psukim. And when you read a paragraph of the, of the Torah reading, 
you can't leave over more less. In other words, you can't leave over less than three psukim. Nor can you read less than third, three psukim to start a paragraph. So again, you can't read less than three psukim of the beginning of a paragraph. You can't leave over less than three psukim at an end of a paragraph. And you cannot have less than three psukim in every given aliyah. So now when you have eight and two and five, think about it. So you do three and then you do another three, you're good for the first two aliyahs. But now you're stuck. Now you have two psukim left in that first paragraph, so that's no good. So says the Gemara, okay. Likri arba arba. Okay, so now let's do this. Let's take the first paragraph, which has eight psukim, and we'll do eight, and we'll do four psukim for the first aliyah, four psukim for the second aliyah, so nikra arba arba, and then pashulahu shiva. Now you have seven psukim left. How so? Two psukim left for the second paragraph, and then five psukim left for the third paragraph for a total of seven. Says, right, as it says, Uviyom HaShabbos, have a tray. That's two psukim in the next paragraph. And then Uvrashi HaShechem, have a chabisha. Right, and Rashi HaShechem is five psukim in the next paragraph, the third paragraph. So Hechi Navid, but how are you going to break it up? Nikre tray meha, bechad mehanach. You can't do, uh, you can't have the third aliyah be the three psukim because you'll have what? Th- two psukim of the first paragraph and then only one pasuk of the third paragraph, right? Because the th- second paragraph is only two psukim. Right, so what you can't do that because you can't read only one pasuk from the third paragraph. The problem is the third paragraph. The third paragraph has only five psukim. So even if you took care of the first aliyah and the second aliyah by breaking up the first paragraph of eight psukim into four and four, even if you did that, then you're stuck because the next paragraph is only two psukim and the last paragraph, the third paragraph is five psukim. Five psukim, either way you slice it, you're, uh, you're either going to end up with less than three psukim at the end or less than three psukim at the beginning, right? Because it's only five. It's not divisible, right, by, by three. So, right? So, hey, if you read uh, two, meaning the, first, meaning the second paragraph, the, first, the full two psukim, and then the first pasuk of the third paragraph, so that you can't do. Why? Because as we arrive at but you can't start and read only one pasuk out of the third paragraph. So says the Gemara, that you can't do, because if you read, let's say, two, the full two psukim of the second paragraph, and then three psukim, because that's the minimum requirement of the third paragraph, you're only left with two psukim, right? Two out of five in that last, third and last paragraph. As the Gemara says, you're only going to be left with two at the end. So there's no way to split up, to make it simple, there's no way to split up that last paragraph of five psukim because you can't have less than three in the beginning or less than three at the end. So Rava's going to have answer of Ula as follows. I'm alone, Rava answers, Zulo Shamati. The truth of the matter is, I've never heard an answer to this kasha with respect to Rosh Chodesh in particular. However, I did hear, with respect to something else, an answer that could apply to your question. When did he hear it? Recently. Towards the end of Maseches Tainus, you might recall, and Tainus Chavav, we talked about the Ma'amados. Remember the Ma'amados, guys? How they used to read Bracious, right? The Psukim of Bracious every day of the Ma'amados. So, what do we say then? Let's review. The, we have Dafyomi Gold here, right? We're going to review the, the, that Daf uh, Chavav and Tainus as follows. It's not. The Mishnah and Tainus says the following. Right? In the first day of the Ma'amados, you're going to read Bracious and then Vahir Rekia. And the Bryce has said, So the first paragraph starts with Bracious, 
And you read that with two people. The next paragraph of Yehirakia is read by one person. And we asked, I can understand that you could read one person, you have one person get an aliyah for Yehirakia, because there's three psukim in that, in that, that is, in that, in that, you know, paragraph. How are you going to read the paragraph of Bracious? Right, Bracious Bar. How are you going to read that paragraph with two people? After all, just like our conundrum in the third paragraph of the Parsha of Rosh Chodesh, that conundrum exists in the first paragraph of the Mamados because Bracious has five psukim in it. Oh, how do we resolve it there? Chamisha psuke havu. So what do you do? Vitania, so the Brisa has a resolution. The following, you might recall. Right? We have the issue that you can't read less than three psukim. So how do we resolve it in Tainus as follows, we said over there, Rav Amar Doyle, Gushmuel Amar Paisek. Remember this? Rav Amar, do the following. In fact, a little bit of a preview. We're going to do it today. Yeah, you pay attention to the Torah reading and you'll realize that Rav, we do like Rav, Doleg, which is, Doleg in this means, doesn't mean skip, it means you go back. You read three psukim and then you go back to the third pasuk and reread it and read the remaining three psukim. Therefore, you read the first three psukim and then you read the last three psukim, of course, perforce, when you only have five psukim, you're going to be reading that third pasuk twice. Shmuel Amar Posik. Shmuel has a different shot. He says, take that third pasuk and don't repeat it, but rather split it in half. That sounds funny to us because we don't do that. Split it in half. Says the Gemara. Rav Amar, don't like my time alone, Amar Posik. Why do, so, right, why would you say one way or another? Why would you either repeat or split? So Rav says to repeat and doesn't say posik. Why? Yeah, we only have the authority to split a posik. Uh, we, we, only Moshe Rabbeinu has that. We don't have that authority. And therefore, we can't split psukim. And therefore, we would just have to repeat it. That seems reasonable, right? Shmuel, Amar Paskin and Lai. Wait a minute. And Shmuel says you can't split it? Ask the Gemara. Kara. They called him the scriptural expert, the Kara. Kara. This was the guy, right? This, this was the guy in Shear that always knows the Psukim. Whenever they want to know the Psukim, they call him up on him. So he said, I had Sar by Rabchanina Hagadol. Why? He, he wanted, I wanted to split a Pasuk in two, okay, in a specific context. Because he wanted to be able to teach certain long psukim more easily. Right, so this is two Ravchaninas. That can be confusing. There's Ravchanina, the, the, the scribe master who used to teach children psukim. And there's Ravchanina Hagadol who he used to get psak from. So Ravchanina used to ask Ravchanina Hagadol, can I, can I uh, teach these psukim like in pieces so they're more digestible? Right? And the psak was. For Tinokas Shabbos Rabban, if you're teaching second graders and less, yeah, sure, you could teach them and break up the psukim. However, right, why? Because that, there you're doing it for the purposes of what? Of teaching. However, for the purposes of Kriya, you cannot split psukim. So there you go. So that's why Rav can't, doesn't split the psukim. He makes you repeat it. So the Gemara says, How some time am I? Mishum Dulo Afshar. Yeah, well, the case of school children, the reason they allow it is Mishum Dulo Afshar. Hachanami Lo Afshar. Well, here too, in other words, like this. Why does Rav Hanina Gadol paskin that you can split it up for school children? Because that's the only way they can understand if you break it up into digestible pieces. In other words, something's got to give, right? It's Yotzeh Schar Sedo. If you make them teach the whole thing, then they'll never get it. So, it's diminishing returns, whereas 
so it says the Gemara, well, we have the same issue here. Here, if you don't split the Pasuk, then you don't, then you end up having not enough psukim per aliyah. That's what it means by lo afshar. We've already seen this. It means something's got to give. In other words, you can't do it without a, com- it doesn't mean you can't do it. It means you can't do it without a compromise. So you have to have some sort of compromise. Maybe splitting up the Pasuk here would be a reasonable compromise, just like splitting up the Pasuk for Tinoko Shabbos Rabin would be a reasonable compromise. Says the Gemara, Shmuel Amar Poisik, my time Lamar Darilig. Fine. So let's say that that's the reasoning of Shmuel, right? That you can, that this is a reasonable compromise. Well, why would he prefer that to repeating the pasuk as Rav does? Says the Gemara. Separate idea. Nichnasim and Yaitzin is it's a gzera or banan because Nichnasim and Yaitzin are the people that come in and out of shul at weird times in the middle of laning, and when they do so, right, they may have the misimpression that you only read two psukim, meaning if they come in. Right, late, and they see that you read three psukim, they may have thought that the first aliyah you read two psukim. Whether if they leave early after you read three psukim, they might think that you're only reading the next aliyah two psukim. That is the gazera. In order to avoid that, we don't repeat, we don't give the misimpression of the fact, right, because they're not around to hear the repetition. That's the point. If you're not around to hear the repetition, you're assuming that something's being read with less than two psukim. It is for that that we're trying to avoid, and we make a gazera to avoid that. So it says, Mesve. Well, all, both rulings, both Rav and Shmuel now, are going to be challenged from following Brisa. It says, Parsha Shishish Psukim, Karnas Bishnaim, right? We have a Brisa with three, let's say you have a Parsha of six Psukim. Easy, right? Read it with two people, three and three, you're good to go. Bishel Chamishah Psukim, Biyachid. Uh oh, what if you have five Psukim? Well, that's the issue here. So, Biyachid, right? So that you could read only by one person. How so? Kara Rishon Shlosha. So what does it say? Uh, when you have but read it, when you have it read by one person, so the first person is gonna ha- first Aliyah is gonna get three. Hasheni Karishnaimi Parsha Zuva Echan Parsha Kharis. The second reader has to read whatever two psukim remain from that paragraph, and then one additional pasuk from the next par- paragraph. And some say that the second the person who gets the second Aliyah should read three Psukim of the next paragraph. And this harkens back to what we said already, the idea that you can't start a parsha of Pachas Mishlosh Psukim. But be that as it may, again, the first, what does this price is saying? That when you have, when you start, let's say in Bereshis, like they do by Mamados, where the first paragraph has five Psukim. So read three Psukim in the first Aliyah. And then the second Aliyah, don't worry about it. Just read the next two Psukim and then keep going on to the next paragraph. Nothing wrong with that. That seems to, right, and you see in that brisa, we're not taking the time, so to speak, to either split the third pasuk of the first five pasuk paragraph or to repeat it, right? In other words, we don't mind that there's only two psukim left out of the five in that first paragraph, according to this brisa. As the Gemara says, right? That brisa is not like Rav or like Shmuel. According to Rav, you would have to repeat the third pasuk of that first paragraph. And according to Shmuel, you would have to split the third pasuk. So that price seems to be connected to both of them. So says the Gemara, shiny hasam the Bahaki. Right, well, in that brisa, you can continue reading from the next paragraph, and therefore you don't have to resort to either Rav or Shmuel. Right, if we had that option, we would do that as well, according to the Gemara. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mind you, in that price, so there was a Tanakama and a Yesh Omer, right? The Tanakama says you could just read one Pasuk from the next, from the next paragraph. 
The Yishomrim says you have to at least read three psukim from the next paragraph because you can't start with less than three psukim as we hold. And that's how we hold. And another halacha, and there it is. Now we're finally learning, but we, you know, the ground rules we laid out before, that just like you can't start with less than three psukim, you also can't leave over in a partial less than three psukim. So that would mean that right, if the next paragraph had less than three psukim left over, you'd have to keep going, right? You, have to, you can't leave less than three psukim left over, but you can basically carry over right, from one paragraph to the next, according to this Brysa, right? That was an issue that we had. In other words, we thought, if you can't carry over, that's a problem, right? If you're, if you're, if you're stopping the laning, so you have to figure out, then you have to retro, um, you have to go back and either, right, repeat a Pasuk or split it, as Rav Shmuel say. If you can carry over, like carrying over miles, you know, from one, you know, uh, period to another, right, from, uh, or carrying over any kind of schuyos, uh, right, from, from one, um, period to another. If you carry, carry them over, so then you could just bleed on over to the next paragraph. But even there, you have to stop, right, with at least three psukim left. Okay. So now the Gemara says, why do we need this extra thing? We have already from Yishim Levi the idea that you can't have less than three psukim at the beginning of a paragraph. Why do we have to have Rabbi Tanchum now teach us this second thing? That just like you can't have three in the beginning, you also can't have less than three at the end. Ask the Gemara Pshita. Once you learn that you can't have less than three in the beginning, shouldn't you assume that you can't have less than three at the end? Right, says the Gemara. Right, in other words, now, in the beginning of a paragraph, you can't have less than three. Right, and there the Tanakama is actually Mekil. Right, it says you can have one. So, Shir de Machmir Tanakama Lakol Shikin de Machmir Yishomrim? Well, at the end of a paragraph where we don't even have the Tanakama giving you this kula that you can have one pasuk, isn't it obvious that there the Tanakama presumably would also say that you need at least three psukim? And therefore, certainly, Rabbi, Rabbi, Shimon, uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi would not allow less than three uh, psukim. And therefore, the question is, why do you need to repeat it? In other words, again, Machlok is Tanakama and Rabbi, and Rabbi Yeshua and the Yesh Omrim is at the beginning of a paragraph. There, the Tanakama says you can have only one Pasuk. It assumes that the Tanakama is going to need at least three Pasukim at the end. So the, what we're saying is if we say that we Paskin like the Yesh Omrim that you need at least three Pasukim at the beginning, so certainly we don't need to repeat that, the, that we hold that you need at least three Pasukim at the end because that even the Tanakama held, even the more Mekel Shita held that. The Gemara says no, the, that it's not necessarily true that the end have needing three psukim as a kalvachomer from the beginning needing requiring three psukim. How so? Because you might have thought that entering shul late is very common. Really? Yeah. Some in some communities people come to shul to shul uh, late. Okay, and therefore uh, that is where you give the what? That's where you have the um, the takanas chazal. Right, that that's common, and that's why the Yesh Omrim said that you can't start a paragraph with less than three psukim. However, right, but once you have Kriyas Torah, people don't usually leave during Kriyas Torah. That's not common. Therefore, maybe there, the uh, Yesh Omrim would not be as machmir. 
because it's just not as common. In other words, they wouldn't have a takana in the case of people leaving shul early, because that doesn't happen as commonly, and therefore they wouldn't make the takana, and therefore perhaps they would be makil that you can even, that you don't need to have, right, to avoid having less than three psukim at the end, and therefore you might have thought that they were only machmir in the beginning. Kamash malan, that's why Rabbi Shuman Levi is coming out to say that no, that both at the beginning and the end, right, the Yeshomer would say that you need to have a minimum of three psukim. Now the Gemara says, is that really true, that there's, that there's more reason to be machmir in the beginning than at the end? But Tanakama, Are you going to say that according to Tanakama, that what, that, there's, that you're going to be more makel about arriving? Uh, what's different, uh, right? But Tanakama, rather, Right, are you going to say, because the people who leave in the middle, they're not concerned about people leaving in the middle of davening? In other words, they are going to have a, once you're saying, according to your logic, that the Tanakama is going to require at least three psukim at the end of a paragraph, so then all the more so they're going to need to have a gezerah for the people who are going to be entering shul. Because after all, we just said it's more common to come late to shul than it is to leave early. Is, do, you, do you think that that's true, Andrew? Andrew doesn't come late and he doesn't leave early. So he doesn't even know, he doesn't know what we're talking about. This whole thing is like not a lot of the mice for him. All right, but the point is that we just said that it's more common to arrive late than it is to leave early. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, the Tanakama comes out weird, right? Because the Tanakama is make ill in the beginning <laughs> and they're machmir at the end. Well, why would they be making in the beginning where it's more common to have a problem? Says the Gemara, there is a rationale because guess what? If you leave shul early, guys, then you're never going to know what happened. What you missed, nobody, nobody's going to talk about it on the water cooler, what happened to the rest of shul at work at the, by the water cooler, right? But if you come to shul late, at least you're going to be with the, with the guys and you're going to be able to, to talk, you know, with the guys in shul and figure out what happened. In other words, you're going to say, hey, was there only two people came before? No, 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 they'll explain. That's what this means. The person who comes late will surely ask, he's going to ask, like, what happened? And they're going to explain to him, right? So when you come late, at least the, the rest of the, of the people have you covered and they're going to explain to you what was going on. Fine. Okay. So now, the first uh, middle line over here, like it's like Rava, that you actually go back, and we'll see that today. We're going to go back and read a Pasuk again. And who goes back? The second of the three uh, Aliyahs, as we will see. Very good. Okay, so now again, first middle line. So the Gemara said, uh, the Mishnah had said, if you have Musaf, right? in other words, if you are going to be saying Musaf, but it's not actually Yantiv, which is to say Cholamoid, as we'll see in other uh, we'll see the examples of when that would be the case. Korin Arba, said the Mishnah. That's when you have four aliyahs. Ibailu, Tainis Tzibur Bechama. So now we have a question. What are you going to do in this Tainis Tzibur? Rosh Chodesh Yemoy, Deika Karban Musaf Arba, Aval Hecha Deleka Karban Musaf Lar. You're going to say that the two following examples. What are the two examples where you say Musaf? Cholamoid, as we mentioned, and today, Rosh Chodesh. We're going to say Musaf. So there, we are going to read four. That's what our Mishnah says. We're going to have four aliyahs. Oh. But, so what would you do in a tainus? Well, tainus, you don't say musaf, so therefore, there's no korban musaf, and therefore we should say three, right? Not four. Or, or perhaps it'll be like this. Well, the question is, what do you call musaf? We call musaf musaf, like saying musaf. But guess what? On a tainus, you also add certain supplications 
to the tefillah. So does musaf mean musaf, like as we call it, or does it mean just an addition thing, that when you add something? So what is it? So the Gemara says, Tashma, Barash, Chadashim, Chalashim, Karan Arba. So our Mishnah says that we only have four aliyahs on Rosh Chodesh and Chalamoid. So that implies a Batinus Tibur Gimel. If you make a right diuk, the inference is that at Tainus you'd only have three aliyahs. Aye, but the Gemara says, no, look at the other, the Rasha of our Mishnah. Right? In the beginning it says that on, on Monday and Thursday and on Shabbos Mincha, we only have three aliyahs, as we know. So the diuk from there is Hatainus Tibur Arba. In other words, Tainus Tibur is not mentioned in our Mishnah. So, you can't, so we know that Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos afternoon, you do three. We know that Rosh Chodesh and Chalamar, we do four. And so you can't be Madaik from either one because the Tainus Tibur is in no man's land. So is it three or is it four? What? Most of the time. Wait a second, so we go like this. From the Mishnah, we can't learn. A diuk from the Mishnah, we can't do. So Tashma. Now we're going to learn a proof from the following story. The Rav Ikla Bavel, but Tainus Tibur. Rav went to Bavel on a Tainus and Kan Krabasifra. He started reading for the. We're going to talk about this Misa. He started reading, right? He was about Kare. Pasach Barich Chasim Barich. He started, he made a Bracha Rishona, but not a Bracha Chrona on the laning, as we'll discuss. Napul Kuleyama and Payu Ravlon And in addition to that, which we'll discuss today and then bleeding into tomorrow, Nefila Sapayim. Tachlan afterwards. Everybody else did Tachnan and he didn't do Tachnan. What's going on here? Let's break down the story and discuss. Mechdi, let's see. Rav Bisralkar. First of all, which Aliyah did he get? That he made a bracha in the, in the beginning and not at the end. Or Pasach Bar, right? Pasach Barach Vachasim Labarach. So he says Shlishi, Israel, right? Coin Levi Israel. He had the Shlishi. My time a Chasim Labarach. So why did he not make a bracha after? Is it not because he had another reader? So we're trying to say there was another Aliyah afterwards. And again, we're going to discuss what the, uh, right, what the Minhag was then. But the absence of a fourth Aliyah, or the, in other words, the presence, rather, of a fourth Aliyah would make it such that he would not make a bracha, achrona, on the Birchas Torah. And the Gemara says, no. Lo, Rav Bechanekra. Rav always got the first Aliyah, the Kohen Aliyah. Aye, he wasn't the Kohen. However, we know the, the ha, Ravuna Kane Kare Vachane, because Ravuna himself, who was not a Kohen, used to get the first Aliyah. In other words, he was such a big shot, such a giant Tamar Chacham, right? Such a, uh, right? There was so much covered that he would get the Kohen Aliyah despite not being an actual, right, bl- blood Kohen. So Bishlema Ravuna Kare Vachane, we say, okay, well, I understand Ravuna would get the first Aliyah. The Hafilu Ravami Ravasi, the Chani Chashivi, the Ard Israel. Even Ravami and Ravasi, when they were in the presence of Ravuna, and even though they were actual genetic Kohanim, when Ravuna was around, he would get the Kohen Aliyah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> they were Chash of a Kohanim in, in Kal Yisrael. And they were Kohanim. And yet, when Ravuna was there, he got the Kohen Aliyah. Unbelievable. But how could Rav get the coin? There was, he had a contemporary, Shmuel, as we just said, Machlokas Rav Shmuel all over the place. And Shmuel, mind you, was a Kohen. And therefore, how could he... Uh, take the first Aliyah. After all, Shmuel was in town and therefore uh, he would take precedence and Rav would therefore never get the coin Aliyah. Says the Gemara, Shmuel nami mei to the Rav. No, you, it's wrong. Shmuel actually would also defer to Rav. Rav who da'avad lei kavod. The only thing is, Rav voluntarily allowed Shmuel to get coin Aliyah. V'chi avid lei b'fanav, shelo b'fanav lo avid lei. 
However, he would only do so when Shmuel was there. So in other words, the case here could be that Shmuel was simply not there, and therefore Rav got the, the Kohen Aliyah. You have your Goranus Muslim moment that the Kavod Atayra was even so great that any genetic cover you can get, anybody could rise to that, right? We give, right, um, Kavod to the accomplishment of the Kavod Atayra here, even ahead of the genetic Kahuna. So the Gemara, Hachinami, Stabar the Rav So therefore here too, it could be that Rav got the first aliyah. Because again, if he got the third aliyah, and this is assuming, obviously, that a minhag, where only the first, right, we say every, every person who gets an aliyah says a bracha before and a bracha after the Kriya Satara. But here it's obviously assuming that the first person to get an aliyah makes the bracha before, and the last person makes the bracha after. So now we're saying, right, it would only make sense that Rav would say a bracha before if he got the first aliyah. Because if he got the third aliyah, isn't he Samech on the guy who got the bracha before? So the Gemara says, no, la'achat takanta. This all was after the takana. What was the takana? To do what we do today, which is to say the bracha before and after every, every aliyah. So the Gemara asks, well, ihachi nami levrich. Are you saying, you're saying history. You love the Jewish history, Baruch Hashem. So we say, if it was after the Takana, so why did he say only before? He should have said after also. Says the Gemara, shiny hecha the Yosef Rav the male Eili. Well, it's different, right? Because where Rav was, maybe people are going to come late as we turn to Chafezim Beis. Meifak lo nafki, but people would not leave early. In other words, in, no, in that situation, people were in awe of Rav and nobody would dare leave Shul early. And therefore, there was no reason um, for anybody except for the last person to say the bracha after. It's very interesting um, because we knew that everybody would, re- would say that bracha at the end. Now, another proof. So we're going to get back to the, what, the idea of how many aliyahs there are. So if there's bitul malach la'am, if people are not going to be working, What's bit malacha? Oh, no, it means on a day that people are working, and if you added more aliyahs, it would, it would cause people to come late for work. What are the examples here? Titus Seber and Tishabav. Now, Tishabav is confusing because in Psachim we learned that some had the minhag not to have, do malacha on Tishabav. But be that as it may, this is assuming that you do malacha on Tishabav. So you work on a Titus Seber, you work on Tishabav, and if you do so, so therefore we're not going to add more aliyahs. Korin Gimel. Who goes to work on Rosh Chodesh? Who goes to work on Chalamoid? On those days, Korin Dalid. That's why you read four aliyahs on Rosh Chodesh and Chalamoid. Shmami no. So now the Gemara says, Amar Vashi, Va'anan lo tanu hachi, but we don't learn that in our Mishnah because we say, Zakal, kol yom shiyesh mo musaf e'enu yom tev karin arba. Right? That's what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah said that we'd four on a day that has musaf and is not yantiv. In other words, if it's yantiv, you would read five aliyahs, at least. And if, the, however, if it's not yantiv, and there is musaf, like today, on Rosh Chodesh, then we're going to do four. Lasui, my, what is it coming to include when it says yesh musaf, and it's not yantiv? Lav, lasui, tiny tzibur, v'tishabav. So we already know about, right, Rosh Chodesh and Cholamoid. So what's, what is the mission trying to add? Maybe it's trying to add tiny tzibur. So that seems to be contradicting to the previous b'risa. So the Gemara says, no. It's like this. Lavashi must need sin money. According to Ravashi, who is the Mishnah like? Now, we don't know who it's like. The Tanya, because we learned in the b'risa of the following. Let's say Tishabab fell on a Monday or Thursday. This is something that we're not used to. That it depends which day it fell out. If it was Monday or Thursday, Karin Gimel, Maftir, Echad. Right? Then three people are, right? You have three aliyahs. And then the last aliyah is going to do Haftorah. 
And by Shlishi, Uvarvi, but if it's on Tuesday or Wednesday, Kara Echad Maftir Echad. Right? Then you're going to do what? Read one person to the Torah, and that's the one person who says the half Torah. And Rabbi Yossi, Omer Olam, Korin Gimel Maftir Echad. Rabbi Yossi says it's only three Aliyahs. So, first of all, Tanakam, we're not used to what? That on Tuesday and Wednesday is only one Aliyah? I've never heard of such a thing. Rabbi Yossi says no. Something more common that you read three Aliyahs, and the last person says Maftir. However, we're not used to either of them, right? Because we say that a Tainus has four Aliyahs. We're not used to this idea of either three or one aliyah and a tainus. So the Gemara, right? And if we reject Ravashi, so what's this zehaklal? What are we including if not public fast days and Tishabav? So the Gemara says, No, it, uh, it's not low. This is what we're trying to explain. That Roshchodesh and Moed is we're trying to add. In other words, when he says Zeaklal, we assumed that Rosh Chodesh and Boed were going to be four Aliyahs, and they were trying to add on the Tishabav to it, the Yemei Tzom. But now we're saying no, that the actual thing that we're adding in the first place is Rosh Chodesh and Cholom Moed. Ah. But the Gemara says that can't be. That we learned in our Mishnah already, that's why we assumed it in the first place. Because it says in our Mishnah, Then Rosh Chodesh and Cholom Moed, we read four Aliyahs. So what's a zaklal? So the Gemara says, Simana ba'alma yahiv. When he said zaklal, that was just a mnemonic, just to get you in the mood to organize the Mishnah, right? But it doesn't really mean adding extra days. And it's also to remind you, right, that chol amoed and yantiv don't have the same amount of aliyahs. El and the kot hai klala Take this general klal in your hand or put it in your mind. Called the Tafile Milsa Mikhavri, Tafile Gavri Yasera. Any day that has what? A greater level of Kadusha than the previous day is going to have an additional Aliyah on top of it. So that's why, that's how we end up at right? Like today, Rosh Chodesh, where we have Korban Musaf or on Cholomoid, we're going to have four Aliyahs. Beyond the Dasar Vasias Malacha Chamisha, Yantav has the additional aspect of Vasias Malacha, and therefore we have five Aliyahs. Beyond Kippurim, the Anushkaris Shisha, Yom Kippurim, not only is there an Isam Malacha, but there's an Anushkaris associated with it, and therefore you have six Aliyahs. And Shabbos, the Isar Skila Shiva. And on Shabbos, as we know, we have seven Aliyahs, and therefore, that is in ascending order of Kedusha. Now it's 610 and we're 17 lines up from the bottom. And we can, should we begin there from the, uh, yeah, looks like that's a good place to stop. We'll begin there tomorrow with the story of Rav when he went to Bavil. What exactly happened with the Bracha Lifnei and Acharei, the Birchas HaTayra? I got it for you. Thank you, Ian.